Hello everyone, I'm Ellis Traub and this is Money, Business and More. Okay, you've done all of the work required to go into business. You've expanded your mission statement into a feasibility study that works, and you've translated that into a full-blown business plan. Armed with that, and a good credit profile you've established the hard way, borrowing funds and repaying them on time, you've now created a good relationship with your local bank and have banked the funds you've been able to obtain from your family and friends and now have the resources necessary to open your doors. You've registered your new LLC, S-Corp, or whatever with the federal, state, and local entities, so you're properly licensed and qualified to open your doors. And you've even acquired the assets you need to hit the ground running. What's next? You have to market what you offer to those who want to buy it. Let's first make the distinction between marketing and advertising. Advertising is just one way to market your stuff. Selling is another way. As you'll see when you look into the marketing funnel I'll describe in a minute, there's a point when you get someone to make the decision to become a customer. That process is selling. Marketing, however, is everything you do to acquaint your prospective target market with what you have to sell them. And at this point, if you're just starting out, it's a lot. First of all, who even knows you're there? Who are you going to sell your products or services to? Well, that's easy. You've identified your typical client or customer, and if asked, should be able to provide a suitable description of that customer or client. Obviously, it's the people or businesses who have a need or desire for what you can sell them. But how do you get them to even know you're there and ready to give them what they need or want? You need to successfully market your business to them. Unless you get them to buy what you have, your business plan isn't worth the paper you printed it on. The first step in developing a marketing plan is to winnow down the size of your marketing task. And there are a couple of ways to do it. The first is to analyze the target market itself. The second is to analyze the methods you can use to market to them. To accomplish the first, there's a device that can help you. It's called the marketing funnel. Why is it called a funnel? Well, let's see if I can give you a mental picture of what I'm talking about here. The unique design of a funnel should give you a clue because a funnel is big at the top and becomes smaller the further down you look on it. Picture a funnel that has rings around it. At the top, of course, is the largest ring. Let's label that ring awareness. There's an almost infinite number of people and entities on planet Earth of course, you can't possibly afford to send letters, emails, text messages to all of them. Nor can you put advertisements in all of the publications or air TV enough commercials to let them know you're ready and willing to sell your stuff to them. So you already did the first step, segregating from the whole world just those who qualify as wanting or needing what you offer. It's what you did when you isolated them in your mission statement and brainstormed your target market for your feasibility study. You reduced that infinite universe to a workable number. Having done that, your next step is to find a way to market your products or services to only them. Therefore, the first ring around the funnel then reduces your first marketing task to whatever it takes to make those relative few aware of the fact that you're ready, willing, and able to provide them with what they need or want. 
this is financially doable, and the number of methods for accomplishing this are limited. We'll talk about the specific methods in a few minutes. The second ring, a necessarily smaller ring as you proceed down the funnel, might be labeled consideration or interest. This defines those whom you've made aware that you exist and whom you're going to need to approach in a more specific fashion. One that will get them interested in exploring what you have to offer because it's unique and can fill the need or desire they have. As you can see, this is an entirely different kind of approach than that which needed only to attract their attention and let them know you're there. The third ring is most always labeled conversion because the marketing approach you will need to apply to this smaller group of interested people or businesses is one that gives them good reason to actually buy what you're selling. And again, this requires yet another different technique to be successful. But once they're customers, you don't stop your marketing efforts. The next ring is called loyalty, and this represents the marketing you do to induce those who have already bought from you to continue to buy from you. Along the way, you'll find that there's an acquisition cost for each ring of this funnel, and when you do, you'll discover that it costs a whole lot less to get sales from happy customers than it does to acquire new ones. With that in mind, you'll learn about the techniques and methods you'll use to make your customers not just your loyal customers, but to go one step further. And the final ring in this conventional marketing funnel is called advocacy, and this represents the smaller number of loyal customers who, through your marketing efforts, still different ones, you've influenced to do marketing for you and attract more customers or clients for your business. You can easily see that like any funnel, the more you can pour into the top, the more will ultimately flow from the bottom. So the whole objective of marketing can be described as employing the proper techniques to make enough people aware of your business to become interested enough to become customers. Happy customers will not only keep buying from you, but will encourage others to do it too. Now let's talk about the methods and techniques you have at your disposal to accomplish your goals. Back in the day, there weren't nearly so many opportunities or methods as there are today. The big revolution in marketing probably can be traced to a fellow named Seth Godin, whose seminal work, Permission Marketing, Turning Strangers into Friends and Friends into Customers, was first published in 1999. Here he made the distinction between what he called interruption marketing and permission marketing. The significance of these distinctions is this. Before he came up with this, all advertising was interruption. You could be reading a newspaper, and if the ad was effective, it would catch your eye and interrupt your focus on whatever you were reading and draw you to the ad. The same was true in television ads. You'd be watching a program you were enjoying, and along would come a commercial that would interrupt your enjoyment of the program, and you'd have to watch the commercial. You get the idea. The disruption this caused, and the instant irritation it caused you to have it happen, wasn't the only drawback. More important was that it was expensive, because you had to buy such advertisements in whatever media served the whole wide world that represented the top of the funnel. Only a small fraction of those who saw those ads might have any interest in what you were selling, and you were interrupting what they were happily doing to get their attention. Not very good. 
What if you could be sure that those you wanted to market to would actually be interested in? That would be a whole lot more efficient, wouldn't it? Of course it would. So the theory was that if you could find a way to entice people to want to hear or see what you have to say, they would effectively give you their permission to market to them. Hence, permission marketing was born. Let's take a short break here, and when I come back, we'll talk about the techniques and methods to use for each level of your marketing funnel. Did you know that you have access to a personal mentor to help you with your business issues? Whether you're starting a new business or trying to improve the way an existing business runs, you'll find them at SCORE.org. This is the website for SCORE, the Service Corps of Retired Executives. It's an arm of the U.S. Small Business Administration and consists of thousands of volunteers in more than 300 cities across the United States. And the best part is that their services are offered at no cost to you. At SCORE.org, you can enter your zip code and find a list of local mentors, each showing his or her areas of expertise. And you can schedule your own appointment at a convenient time and location. SCORE also offers a variety of regular workshops presented by professionals in their fields. You can see a current schedule of those events and pre-register on the spot. Some general classes are offered free of charge, while others have a modest fee, which is usually discounted for pre-registration. Check it out! SCORE is the place to go to find someone whose experience may be just what you need. Although Seth Godin's permission marketing has revolutionized marketing and made it infinitely less costly to be effective, Let's not leave conventional marketing until we've mentioned that it's still widely used for the top level of the funnel. After all, you're marketing to a universe of people who don't know you exist, and it's one way to call your business to their attention to make them aware that you're there to serve them. Another word for this is institutional marketing. Because there is no call to action, no specifics, only an advertisement that tells the public who you are, maybe what you do, and even how well you do it. You'll find institutional ads and publications that serve groups such as associations for individuals or industries, free local newspapers, and television commercials. You'll know them when you see them because as often as not, they show a meaningful graphic, the name of the company, and maybe a slogan to reinforce their brand. For most startups, this is the height of luxury. However, today, you'll get the most bang for the buck in the digital world, in the permission marketing arena. And except for some brick-and-mortar startups that are geographically limited in the scope of their clientele, online and digital marketing will always be your best bet. Of course, the next 10 minutes isn't adequate to tell you how to do everything you want to do to market your products or services. Nor do I have all the skills or experience to teach you the things like SEO, that's search engine optimization, or how to create landing pages for an effective pay-per-click campaign. What I can do, however, is to tell you what options are available to you, their benefits and in some cases their drawbacks, and suggest to you which methods might be best suited to the situation you're working with. And I can tell you right now that this is a specialty field, and your best bet is going to be to find the right professional to do most of the work. The narrative portion of your business plan that you've created should be all that any professional needs to understand exactly what you do, how you do it, who you do it for, how they benefit, and what guiding principles your business abides by. 
Gee, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? When you stop to think of it, that should be all you need to provide to any marketing professional for them to understand what you expect of them. There are three basic marketing options that should provide you with all you need to build your business using digital permission marketing. The first is pay-per-click. The second is the blogosphere and social media. And the third is email marketing. Let's talk a moment or two about the things that distinguish them. Anytime someone wants something and goes looking for it, it actually evolves into a pay-per-click or search issue. In this situation, the customer or client knows exactly what he or she wants, and the better they can describe it when they go to Google, Bing, or any search engine, the more likely they are to find what they want. By the same token, the better you are at describing what you have to offer, the more likely you are to have people find it on your site. This, then, describes pretty much what the pay-per-click or search engine marketing involves. Finding the right keywords or phrases to send somebody who uses them in Google to your site rather than someone else's. This is the art of search engine optimization, and it requires creating landing pages, squeeze pages, and other such destinations so that when they click on the information that comes up, when they input their search information, It'll take them to the answer to their question, where can I find whatever it is that I want? This requires coordination with your website, and it requires a navigation track that leads them all the way from finding out about you through the interest phase to the conversion or sale. Again, this is an art as well as a science, and there are those who are extremely good at it. The best of these can set you up with a pay-per-click campaign, and after a few months of testing, we'll be able to tell you with some assurance that for every dollar you spend, you'll get that X number of dollars in sales. And that's a nice place to be when it comes to budgeting your marketing dollars. And no matter what business you're in, it's likely that you'll want to create such a campaign or campaigns. The social media or blogosphere approach is one that in the digital arena is closest to conventional institutional advertising. The concept here is to become a thought leader in your field, a guru whose opinion about the field you're in is respected and sought after. Most important, those who are attracted to your Facebook, Pinterest page, or website will want to bookmark it and come back because they get something of value by launching it and reading what you have to say. Typically, this is used to attract new people who are trying to get information about something you want to buy or subscribe to or find that you have the most interesting and informative stuff to say about it. For this purpose, your website is an educational institution, and it appears only incidentally that you also happen to be in the business you're talking about. This is the content marketing that Seth Godin was talking about when he spoke of turning a stranger into a friend and a friend into a customer. This is the kind of site that goes viral as one prospect recommends your site to a friend and he or she to another couple of friends and the next thing you know, it's gone, as we say, viral. Again, your CMS or content management system site is best organized so you can simply add your blogs on a regular basis and by doing so attract new people every week or so. Finally, email marketing is something of a cross between conventional direct mail and the digital world. It's a good way to market when you have a good list of email addresses 
And what makes them good is the extent to which they're qualified prospects. That is, they've been selected because they mean most of the criteria you've selected to describe your target market. The best lists come from those you've gathered from registrations on your website as a result of search engine or pay-per-click ads that have attracted them there. Or you can buy lists from organizations whose members best fit your needs. There are companies like Constant Contact that will help you with writing your copy and will send scheduled email blasts to those lists. And they can probably even scare up those lists for you. So let's take a last look at the funnel and assign each of these methods to those rings. To make people aware of your presence in the market, you can jump on Facebook or the other social media and establish yourself as the thought leader by adding something of value weekly that people will want to read or listen to. Or you can purchase lists and put out email blasts to a selected list of those that you think will be interested in what you have to offer. If you have a brick-and-mortar store in a community, then it might be well to contract for an eighth or quarter page display ad in the local paper for that community. As for establishing interest, the most useful of, the most useful of these will be the search engine and pay-per-click campaigns, because people there know what they want and they're already asking where they can find it. If you or your professional have done your work properly, they'll get the answer to that question when they do their Google search and are directed to the landing page on your site where they find exactly what they want and have only to click once again to take action to get it. Once again, you can establish this step through the first group and should because you've given prospects opportunities to click and be directed to your landing pages or website directly. Whether it's emails they receive or hyperlinks on your Facebook page, they should be taken directly to your page. Once they get there, the last phase of marketing will be to direct them to click to buy, in whatever form that manifests itself. Whether it's something you order online or something you can fulfill, or a fulfillment house can do it, or whether it's giving you their phone number to call. Whatever action you chose to induce them to do, they can do it, and that's the conversion phase that this will handle. The rest is up to you. How you handle them as customers and how you remarket to them and keep them aware of your being there and your attentive and gracious customer service, only that's going to handle your success in making your hard-earned customers your best salesmen and women. In the meantime... Go to Wix, that's W-I-X dot com, to find some amazing blogs about all these things and how you can set up your website to handle them. Google the heck out of Seth Golden for some good conceptual info about permission marketing. Search for Brad Geddes, that's G-E-D-D-E-S, for the seminal works about search engine optimization. And Google how to find a marketing professional to get some ideas about how to go about finding the best people to light a fire under your business.